I want to introduce this word that God put in my heart by asking you to focus for a moment and check out the, a picture of my Emma. Uh, you're going to see it coming on the screen now. Uh, Emma, who's almost five years old, she practices a dynamic biblical principle every single day. And that principle is the focus of our message today. So now, you can focus back on me now. And uh, let me just remind us, last week we were talking about the bitter made sweet. We were in that place where the children of Israel uh, were on their journey to the promised land, led by God. They'd come to a place where uh, they, they had no more water and the oasis that they had come to uh, was, the water was bitter so they couldn't drink it. God showed Moses a piece of wood. Moses threw the wood into the water and God made the bitter water sweet. After that, they, the children of Israel uh, camped at an, uh, another oasis uh, at Elam for a, a while and then they continued their journey. And so this morning, I want to pick up that journey. We're going to look at Exodus chapter 16. I'm going to read the first 21 verses, a little bit lengthy, but it's important for us to get the full picture. Verse 1, then the whole community of Israel set out from Elam and journeyed into the wilderness of Sin, between Elam and Mount Sinai. They arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. There, too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now we, uh, you have brought us into this wilderness to starve us to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, Look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they will gather food and when they prepare it, there will be twice as much as usual. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, by evening, you will realize it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning, you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your complaints, which are against him, not against us. What have we done that you should complain about us? Then Moses added, the Lord will give you meat to eat in the evening and bread to satisfy you in the morning, for he has heard all your complaints against him. What have we done? Yes, your complaints are against the Lord, not against us. Verse 9, then Moses said to Aaron, 
announce this to the entire community of Israel. Present yourselves before the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole community of Israel, they looked out toward the wilderness. There they could see the awesome glory of the, of the Lord in the cloud. Then the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the Israelites' complaints. Now tell them, in the evening you will have meat to eat, and in the morning you will have all the bread you want. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening, vast numbers of quail flew in and covered the camp. And the next morning, the area around the camp was wet with dew. When the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frost blanketed the ground. The Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. What is it? They asked each other. They had no idea what it was. And Moses told them, it is the food the Lord your God has given you to eat. These are the instructions. Each household should gather as much as it needs. Pick up two quarts for each person in your tent. So the people of Israel did as they were told. Some gathered a lot, some only a little. But when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. Those who gathered a lot had nothing left over, and those who gathered only a little had enough. Each family had just what it needed. Then Moses told them, do not keep any of it until morning. But some of them didn't listen and kept some of it until morning. But by then, it was full of maggots and a terrible smell. Moses was very angry with them. After this, the people gathered the food morning by morning, each family according to its needs. And as the sun became hot, the flakes they had not picked up melted and disappeared. Let's pray. Father, we come before you now as we prepare to share the thoughts you've given to me. Lord, I just ask for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit once again. Help me to communicate this thought that you have placed in my heart for all of us in a clear, succinct way, Father. Help me to, to, to share the, this thought in such a way so that all of us could clearly understand what you want us to receive this morning. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, so now let's recap what we have just read. Because one month now, one month into this journey, notice now that the people of God began to complain. If you are counting, you probably counted at least seven times just in these 21 verses where the word complain or complaint is registered there. And this time it was because they ran out of food. And Notice that though they had their complaints were really directed at Moses and Aaron as the leader, it was clear that it was really God that they were complaining about. And so God responded this time and he gave them meat and then he told them that I'm going to establish now a daily provision or blessing, if you will. Every single day, I am going to provide the bread 
that you need. Uh, we know it as, it's called manna uh, then. And so here's the thing though, to enjoy God's provision, to enjoy the blessing that God would prepare for them every single day, they would have to go out to harvest it. They would have to go out every single morning and gather it in, family by family, as much as they needed for each family. If they failed, they would go hungry. Because when the sun became hot, in other words, when the sun began to rise, the manna would disappear and melt away. Let me connect this to you and I here today. Because as always, we want to read God's word and we want to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us to connect this to our lives. God, what does this mean to us? We know now historically what happened, but how do we connect that to us? Well, the first thought that I have is more of a reminder. Remember last week we talked about this. One of our points was that we need to guard our hearts from having a complaining spirit. And that was the, that's my first thought here today. I want to just remind us all that we need to guard our hearts from having a complaining spirit. Now, it's important that we distinguish something here today. God wants you and I to bring our needs to him. That's called prayer. We need to daily bring our request before God. That is not complaining before God. It's important that you and I recognize that, that bringing our need before God is not a complaint. How we express that need our attitude, in other words, is what really determines whether we are complaining or not. For instance, using our text, uh, you, did you pick up on the children of Israel? They're like, uh, this is how they brought their need before God. Uh, I can't believe this thing. The, the whole community, mind you, is doing this. Uh, I mean, we remember that when we were back in Egypt, we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all this bread that we wanted. But now you brought us into this wilderness to starve us to death. Doesn't sound like they're expressing their need. No, they were actually complaining. So, we need to be careful. God wants us to express our need. God, I need a job. Would you help with open the door, please, so I can get a job? That's bringing our need before God. But now, the other way is complaining. I can't believe this, God. You promised you'd always take care of me. You promised that you would provide all of our need, yet I can't find a job. How, how could you not provide a job for me? How could you not be faithful to your word? Did you catch the difference? That's the complaining spirit. So we need to make sure that we understand that God wants to, us to voice our need to him but it should never be in a spirit of complaining. That's just a reminder that I think it's important. And if you continue to read, you will find this was a habitual problem among God's people. No matter what God did, they always found a reason to complain. 
Last week, we talked about the fact that they, they ran out of water and they complained. Here, they ran out of food and they complained. Now listen, these are the very staples of life. Water and bread are the staples of life, uh, especially the biblical examples of these things. And God will provide them, but they somehow still find a way to always complain. Here's my second thought. And that is this, that God makes daily provision or blessing for our need. God makes daily provision or blessing for our need. So we just mentioned that they had just had the need for water and God provided for that need. And now they have the second staple of life. They need bread, manna. Uh, in the Middle Eastern, that bread is a, a staple of life. In fact, bread is pretty much a staple just of almost every culture. We, we need bread. We got to survive. We got to have bread. And so uh, God made provision to every single day provide the very staple of the bread that they would need. Now, once again, let's remember that what we read in the Old Testament is often symbolic for what we need spiritually. So we have the children of Israel needing bread, the staple of life, which is now a picture symbolic of what our spiritual need is. And for that, we're going to turn now to John Chapter 6, uh, this is Jesus speaking. Uh, I'm going to begin in verse 48. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread, which I will offer uh, so the world may live, is my flesh. Jesus now is speaking to uh, the crowd and, and which included the disciples, included the religious leaders, the people of God were there. Jesus declared that he is the bread of life. He referenced uh, the Old Testament. He referenced uh, the text that we were just reading. He said, the people of God then, they ate that bread, but they died he said, uh, physically, but it was symbolic. See, I am the true bread from heaven. I am the bread of Life, And that if you eat my flesh, if you take me in, then you will truly live and never die. Bread, the staple, represents the staple of life, the food that we need to, to live. Jesus Christ is the greatest need that you and I have because only he can truly satisfy our soul. We were created by God for God. 
I've often said this, and be, and, but it's important that we remind ourselves that because of sin, we were born separated from God. Our inner soul is born empty of the presence of God. This inner emptiness that you experience, that I experience, can only be uh, nourished, can only be satisfied by the very presence of God. You will never satisfy your soul by the possessions that this world has to offer. You can possess everything that this world has to offer. You can have all the material uh, goods that you desire and you will still be empty in your soul. Relationships, as wonderful as they can be, can never, ever truly satisfy our soul. Listen, I've been married 42 years to the most amazing woman that God has brought into my life. I love my life passionately. I thank God for her every single day. She is my helper. She is my better half. But I have to be honest with you, she can never, ever satisfy my soul because that part of me was created by God for God. Only Jesus Christ can truly satisfy your soul and my soul. And that's why he is called the bread of heaven. He is the living bread, that if we were to take him in, and by taking him in, that simply means that we uh, uh, understand Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sin, for your sin, and, and through his precious blood on that cross, we can gain forgiveness of sin. But it's not enough just to have forgiveness of sin. No, 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 listen. We, we, forgiveness of sin is just the key that opens the door into a relationship with the Lord, where by his spirit, he can come and take up residence in our soul. And there, that relationship is what truly can satisfy our soul. And that brings me to the third point I want to make regarding this. Did you notice God told Moses, here's what, what the deal. I am going to provide every single day. I am going to provide the manna, the bread that they need to sustain their life. It will be there in the morning when they wake up. But they have to go out and they have to harvest it. And that's my third point. We must harvest our blessing. Let me say that one more time. We must harvest our blessing. And by blessing, I mean God's provision. See, by definition, just so that we're on the same page, you see it coming on the screen. When I talk about harvest, I'm talking about, to, it means to get something as a result of an action or an effort. So in other words, God provided the children of Israel with the manna, but they had to put in an effort to, to, to receive that blessing, to be nourished by that blessing. They had to get up every single day. They had to go out into the field and they had to harvest. They had to take action in order to pick up that, that manna and then bring it back to their family and, and feed their family. God provided the blessing but his people had to do the harvest in order to experience that blessing. And as I mentioned earlier, 
if, they, if you had someone that slept in late and now waited until the sun was up and hot and said, okay, let me go get the manna, it was too late. The manna was gone. And if the manna was gone and you didn't harvest it, well, you went hungry that day, you see. In other words, God provides this spiritual blessing but that spiritual blessing can be lost if we don't go out and harvest it. God has made provision, spiritual blessing for you and I each and every single day. The incredible thing about God is that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from our sins, removes it from us as far as the east is from the west so that you and I can experience the presence of the most holy God, you see. In order to experience God's presence every single day, which is what God has provided for you and for me, we have to harvest it. In other words, we have to make an effort. Every single day that God gives us breath is a day that God has already, when we, before we even have risen from our bed, God has already provided the manna that you need for that day. God has already made provision. His blessing is already available for you and I to, to receive that which we need that will nourish our soul for that day but we've got to harvest it. We've got to put in an effort to receive it. That's what Emma does every single day. Her parents don't have to encourage her. She loves her, the Bible. And every single day, she makes time to go in that, that chair that you saw her back. Guys, you can put that picture back up there. She is, that's her own chair. And every single day, she just sits quietly in that chair and takes time to read her Bible. I believe she is reaping the blessing that God has for her. She's harvesting that blessing because she's making that effort to spend time alone with God, even though she's not even yet quite five. I want you and I to be challenged by her to recognize Man, God wants to bless you. God has already made provision to bless you, to bless you from his word, to bless you from his presence. But brothers and sisters, listen to me. If we never spend time alone with God, then we will be like the children of Israel who would not get up to go out into the field to harvest the manna. It's the provision from God is already made for us. You don't have to be concerned. Well, is God going to bless me? Am I going to re receive from the word? Listen, God has already prepared the blessing for you. It's there every single day. We just have to make the decision to harvest it. Hebrews chapter 11, the latter part of verse six says, God rewards those who earnestly seek him. See, we've got to make an effort. We've got to recognize 
God's going to bless me, but I have to do my part. I have to be engaged in that. See, this dynamic biblical principle that I'm talking about, you know it so well. When you hear it, let me say it in a moment, you're going to say, yeah, I realize that. And that is you reap what you sow. In other words, you harvest uh, depending on what you put, the effort that you put in. The effort that you put in determines your harvest. If we fail to harvest our manna, the provision that God has made, then we get spiritually hungry. What does that mean? God's people can become spiritually malnourished. Listen to me now. We can become spiritually malnourished where on the outside we are appearing fine, but on the inside our our spirit is growing weaker. Uh, We're not able to resist temptation as we ought to be able to. We're not able to to, uh, fend off against the enemy's attack as normally we could. Why? Because we are in a weakened condition and the weakened condition is a result of one thing and one thing alone. We're not harvesting. We're, we're going through uh, this Christian journey and we are expecting that we can survive, we can uh, even be victorious if, without having to harvest any of the manna that God has prepared for us. Jesus Christ died on the cross so that you and I can harvest every single day the blessing of his presence so that we can harvest the blessing of his word, so that we can spend that quiet time and allow him to speak to us. Listen to Proverbs chapter 13, verse four. This is God saying, speaking, lazy people want much, but get little. But those who work hard will prosper. Lazy people Okay, I'm going to step step on a few toes maybe this morning. But listen, if you are not spending time in the word of God every single day, you're lazy. You're expecting God to just bless. There are people, here's their attitude. Oh, thank you for a new day. God bless me today. And that's it. That's the full extent. And, and they do nothing. They put no effort in to reading their word, to seeking after God, to prayer. Uh, no effort is made on their part, yet their expectation is God must bless me. I want to be blessed by God. And if you truly want to be blessed by God, and I know that you do, you got to recognize you've got to put in, do your part. You and I have to do our part. There's no secret formula to this thing. It's like, listen, uh, I'll give you an example. Because of this pandemic, uh, most of us are not getting around as we normally would be getting around, doing what we normally would be doing. And uh, we're spending time, a lot of times at home. And if you're like me, spending time at home, is not good for me because then I tend to walk into the kitchen a lot and I'm starting to snack more than I used to. So I put on some weight. So I decided I am going to buy a stationary bike. And I bought a stationary bike and I set that thing up. But let me tell you, what good would the stationary bike do if I never get on it? 
If I never get on that thing and start pedaling, will I gain any benefit from having it? Absolutely none. Most of us have the pathway to blessing. But what good is having a Bible if you never open it? You just carry it around so that people can see that you have a Bible? What good is putting it on the dining room table and let it be open so everybody who comes into the house uh, will look at it and say, oh, he's a Christian, he got a Bible open. There's no good unless you and I are actively engaged in reading God's word and spending time in his presence. This dynamic principle that we harvest based upon the effort that we put in is not just for the practice of spending time with God, but it, 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 it's really encompassing of everything you can imagine in the spiritual journey and the blessings that God has. God has already prepared blessings for your marriage. God has already prepared blessings for your family. But in order for you and I to experience those blessings, we need to work at it. There's no such thing as a perfect marriage. We all have to work on our marriage. And by working, I mean we really have to work on ourselves. You can't work on your spouse and say, God, I want you to make my spouse a better spouse. No, work on yourself. If you work on yourself and through the help of the Holy Spirit, spending time alone with God, reading good books, I want to put in the effort to become a better spouse, then you will receive the blessing that God has planned. But if you do nothing, then you reap what you sow. This is the same principle that we find in God's word when it comes to finances. God has prepared blessings, financial blessings for his people. It's in his word. But here's the harvest part. Here's what you have to do to receive that blessing. You have to honor God with the tithe. God's word tells us if we will bring 10% of our income to the Lord, that's the work that we put in. I'm going to submit my 10% to the Lord. I'm going to honor God. Then I can receive the harvest where God's saying, if you, if you bless me and honor me with the tithe, I will open up the windows and pour out blessings in your life that you won't be able to contain. That's not my promise. That's not the promise of a church. That's the promise of God himself directly for the believer. But it's amazing how many believers struggle financially or they have this uh, thought, well, when God blesses me, then I will tithe. We try to reverse the principle. No, the principle is you put your effort in, you do your part, then God will do his part. I'm talking this morning to you about harvesting your blessing. I want to make sure that you understand this dynamic principle. The first thing, we got to guard our hearts from having a complaining spirit. Be grateful for everything that God does for you. Be grateful for the blessings he's already brought into your life. Make sure that when you bring your need before God, that it's not in the form of complaining. Believe and trust that every single day that God gives you breath, he has already prepared a blessing for you. 
for you personally, for your marriage, for your family. God wants to meet every need that you and I have. And he's prepared to do that, especially the spiritual need that we have. But we have to harvest that blessing. We have to make sure we recognize there's something in this spiritual journey that I need to do if I want to experience God and be blessed by God. And just a little side note on that. I can't harvest a blessing for you. You have to harvest it yourself. Don't rely on just receiving from a pastor or a, when you, a church service. Don't rely on receiving from a podcast or some other. Get your blessing directly from God. He has prepared it just for you. And that's because he loves you. And he wants you to be spiritually healthy and strong for your, you personally, for your marriage if you're married, and for your family if you have a family. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning. We're learning as the children of Israel began their journey to the promised land. We're learning how we mirror them in so many ways. We realize, although we don't like to admit it, that we often have a complaining spirit like they had. We're very quick to complain about the things that you're not doing, that we feel you should be doing. We're very quick about even reflecting and thinking how we used to have it better than before we, we began to serve you. We get deceived into, into that lie. And so I pray this morning that once again, you would help us to guard our hearts from having a complaining spirit. That we would guard our hearts by cultivating a spirit of thanksgiving. That every single day, God, that you give us breath, we begin that day with thanking you for the life that you've given us. And throughout the course of the day, we continue to express our gratitude for the many blessings you bring into our life. Beginning with the fact that I thank you that every single day that you give us breath, you've already prepared a spiritual blessing for all of us. You've already prepared the bread of heaven for us, that which we need to nourish our soul. I thank you for that. I pray, Father, that we would not ignore that blessing, oh God, that we would not be a people that, that feel that we can go on with our life without having to go out there and, and to, to harvest that blessing, Lord. But rather we would realize that it is such an honor and such a privilege to go out and, and, and harvest the blessing that you have prepared for us. To, to spend time with your word, to spend time talking to you, oh God, so that you can minister to our soul, to truly satisfy our soul. Because then and only then will we be strong enough to avoid the, the temptations that come our way. Then and only then can we be victorious in our battles against the evil one. Then and only then can we truly live a strong, healthy, spiritual life. Thank you for the blessing that you have prepared for every single one of us. God, we're not going to look back 
but we want to look forward. That as of this moment, oh God, I pray that we would spend each and every single morning taking the time to harvest the blessing that you have prepared for us so that we will be stronger throughout the day and live more victorious and thus bring glory and honor to your wonderful name. And I thank you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. May God's word find that rich soil in all of our hearts where it will bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. Take the time every single day to take in the manna that God has prepared just for you and be blessed in that way. And remember, next Sunday, we're going to be taking part in communion. Our next uh, time that we're going to be live streaming will be this Wednesday for our hour at 7 o'clock. Join us for that as we look to the Lord for all the needs that we have before us. Until then, God bless you and stay safe.